Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the 2019 Great Fantasy Football Preview Show of Greatness. I am your humble host, the once conducted, the now defunct Devin Funches hype train, rom-com aficionado and worshipper of Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris Trutha, the old married guy, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have El Sabatio, proud father of Quentin Nelson, WNBA hot take machine, don't be OJ Simpson, and wine connoisseur, the working girl, Jordan Smith. And the biggest 49ers fan you know, Arya Stark is a spirit animal, the only man who hates Larry Fitzgerald and a fan of what scientists lovingly call, quote, facts, the ginger normal man, Nick Bodiford. Hello and welcome to this momentous podcast, everyone. I didn't know we were doing voices. Yeah, <laughs> that went German to something else. I just, I like doing that opening because the whole time Nick is just has his like hands, his head in his hands, just like, what the fuck am I listening to right now? Uh, why are we doing this show? You sounded like a mild-mannered magician. <laughs> well, we figured, I figured we'd spice up the intro since this is our huge get everything, get everything out there for the fantasy drafts preview show of greatness. You had to spice up the intro and had to spice up what people are going to be hearing so that they make sure that they're getting, you know, this is a, this is a podcast to pay attention to podcast for the people. Woo. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's draft season. I don't know about you guys, but I've already had like three drafts i'm currently in a rookie draft and i helped a friend draft over the past two days (laughs) jesus i got i've already had two and then we have the the league that i care about is on saturday so i'm getting getting all hyped up for that i've i've currently i've done six personal drafts and helped someone draft last night but the list is the list continues and are we going to get our listener league going or what we probably should shouldn't we uh i want to Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll get a listener league going. Hit us up uh, at RB1 Podcast on Twitter if you want to join our listener league. Uh, we did, had a great time last year. We had eight of us all playing, um, and I think we're going to bounce over. I'm done with. I'm done with uh, with ESPN. I'm fully 100% the sleeper app for, train. So much nicer. Dude, so much better. Sleep, sleeper app is like literally anything I want. It's it's, it's on there, there and it's great. It's, it's it's actually really phenomenal. We should uh we should get them to come sponsor this podcast so that we can just hype them up more. Um, it's great for commissioners. Like, it's great for commissioners. I really love handy. I love the built in just like uh convo you know board talk board message board. That's the word I was looking for. I love that it's built into the app very nicely. Anywho's great app, ten out of ten recommend. Um, and so if you're looking if you're a commissioner you're looking for a play an app to host host your league, highly recommend it. Um, but maybe we'll do, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, uh, a listener league there. So again, hit us up on Twitter, uh, and we'll, and we'll get this league going, but 
I don't want to waste too much of our time in the start because we've got a lot to talk about. This is, again, our, our preview show of greatness where we're covering absolutely everything you could possibly want to know heading into this uh, fantasy drafts weekend since this is the last weekend of, of preseason football and, and actual football starts really soon. So most everyone has their drafts starting now. Um, we got, we're going to talk about players who are on our hype train, players who are on our dirty cabooses, uh, players who will outplay their ADP, biggest letdowns, fantasy MVPs, the whole nine yards. Um, so we're going to go through and we're going to give our picks for all of these guys just so that you know everything you could possibly want to know going into, uh, going into your draft. So make sure you know, make sure you've got your notepad out, you've got your headphones on, uh, and you're ready to go. So We'll start with players on our hype trains, um, and we each have two guys who we've highlighted on our hype trains. Nick, we're going to start with you. Who is one of the guys who is on your hype train who you are just preaching to the stars about how everyone needs to go get this guy, and you're targeting him on every league you're in? Um, so I am I am pretty late to the party on this one, but um, my, my dude, uh, now that he has uh, solidified at least the pass-catching role on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is Daria Gunwale. Um, he was a dark horse through camp, um, who was initially kind of written off as, uh, as someone who, who was not going to be in the runnings for the lead back job in the Arians offense, but both Peyton, Bar- Peyton Barber is just bad. He can kind of run the ball, but other than that, he's just bad. Ronald Jones is going to be, he, he's done. That, that guy was a second round pick. They've given him every opportunity. And if he hasn't won the job by now, he's not going to get it. Um, Ogun has been given the third down, uh, role. Um, that's at least the reports out of camp are, this is his job now. Uh, but he is a better pass projector and a better runner than both of the other two guys. And he's getting meaningful first team reps in that, in the uh, third preseason game, he was getting meaningful first team reps with James Winston and the rest of the guys. So that that's enough right there is if that should that should tell you right there the other two guys have not locked up the job yet and this guy is a better all-around skill set go get him in the last round of your draft damn i was i was thinking of hype trains as like players who you've heard before who you're targeting but trust you nick to have been tuned in to the uh, preseason chitter chatter and and get a guy who i have never even heard of and i've been taking i'm writing down who you guys are saying i don't know how the fuck to spell that guy's name so he's just currently under my notes as buck's third string running back <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's Dare, it's Dare like Dare, yeah. Uh-huh. And Ogun Bawale is O G U N B O W A L E. And for our listeners at home who can't see that, Nick did not read that from a screen. That was rattled <laughs> off the top of his head. Impressive spelling abilities. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about the Buccaneers uh, running back and backfield so far this offseason. Again, just because it's a position where we have no idea who it's going to be, but we know that it's going to be fantasy viable. Um, and so if this is, if Dare is the guy who's going to, you know, be the number one back in Tampa Bay for this season, hell yeah, use your last pick on him and, and watch him thrive and watch him take over. So I have no qualms with that pick. It feels really good when you like are first in on a guy that nobody's heard of and they just do their job and emerge like they do their job for you. And they're like, you know what, I'm going to take this, this uh, starting job by the reins. And you know what, we could always use more starting running backs for fantasy football. I love it. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
my guy, I recently have kind of included him onto my hype train because I've, I've heard more and more people talking about him. And, and I kind of, I've convinced myself that these people are right and they know what they're saying. Uh, when you're confused about which wide receiver to take from the Rams offense, let me tell you the correct answer is Cooper cup. He is coming off of ACL, which I know. So, but he, all signs from camp look like he's good to go. The Rams aren't having him on any, any kind of snap count. Um, he's going wide receiver 19 right now. So start of the fifth round. And the biggest thing that cup has to offer in this high powered Rams offense is that he is Jared Goff's favorite red zone target. This is true. His rookie year when he averaged or not even averaged, he had 20 red zone targets as compared to the next closest was Sammy Watkins with 10. And last year, even though he only played eight games, he managed 11 red zone targets and six touchdowns through eight games, um, despite the fact that he was injured and, so, and still finished as one of the top targeted guys in that Rams offense in the red zone. He also is just Jared Goff is a better quarterback when Cooper Cup is on the field. He's he's Goff's more or less safety blanket. And I think Robert Woods and, and Brandon Cook still have plenty of fantasy value, but the guy who I'm targeting, who I've put on my hype train, who I am super excited about this year is Cooper cup. And I think he has the potential to jump into at the very least wide receiver 10 category. I've heard some people, some people have tried to sway me on wide wide receiver five, which is like, damn. I mean, yeah. If Cooper cup gets you 12 touchdowns, sure. That's wide receiver five territory. Um, so I'm all in on him. Yeah. I like the, the Rams. Uh, not so much going through a Super Bowl hangover as is true with most teams. I think they have a lot of good talent there that kind of just won't let that happen. And by talent, I mean Aaron Donald on one side and Sean McVay literally on the other side because he is a talented individual. And I think by all accounts, the Rams aren't just going to march out the exact same things they did last year. Think they're going to be um i mean they have a very innovative offensive mind there so they're going to be changing things up and doing some different interesting things and i think we saw last year just how important cooper cup was to that offense and i think they are going to uh you know make sure that the rest of the team and the rest of the nfl knows just how good cooper cup can be so unfortunately pete this one's a no for me dog and it is uh, I, I will give you credit. Uh, somehow Jay Glazer is making the claim after seeing Cooper Cup work out that he now has more athletic ability than he did before tearing his ACL, which I know oh, that's how science um, works. Yeah, I don't <laughs> understand that. Um, there are a couple reasons I'm down on Cooper Cup. One, the Rams have been utilizing more dual t- uh, two tight end sets in training camp. Uh, in preseason this year than they have previously last year, they ran and it was like 90 some percent out of uh, three receiver sets. So the fact that they're pivoting over to getting um, their two tight ends more uh, uh, involved, Gerald Everett, and I'm blanking on the other guy um, worries me. But the, the big reason here doesn't have much to do with cup. It's the fact that, that and I'm looking at a, a week old uh, ADP list and that's irresponsible of me, but this one's all marked up with a bunch of annotations, so I'm sticking with it. Um, Cup's been going in the, the fourth round in half-point PPR drafts, and the other players going in this round are Chris Godwin, David Montgomery, Mark Ingram, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, O.J. Howard, Tyler Boyd. All of these people, Antonio Shell, all of these people are guys who I want more then I want Cooper Cup. So it's not necessarily I don't like Cup. If he falls, then yeah, that 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 then he becomes interesting. But for me, these other guys who are going around him, I'm much more interested in. 
Yeah, that's fair. He's he's a guy right now. I have him the ADP stuff that I was looking at is going at the beginning of the fifth round. And so what that is, if you have a late first, early second, late third, early no. If you have the first overall pick, then you can get him on that snake and still be able to kind of get one of those running backs or one of those receivers who you're talking about. I think he's a great if you're if you're one of those on the snake side and you have an opportunity to get him then he's in that range where there's a lot of other guys with him. And if you compare him with a Sony Michelle or um, Mark Ingram, that's a great duo you have right there. I think just okay. I think that his touchdown production could be best in the NFL this year that he, okay. I, I'm almost thinking that he's a lock for double digit. If he stays healthy and if, if the offense looks as we've seen it before, which these are all question marks, but you can only work with so much knowledge before you go into your drafts. Uh, I just think that if he stays healthy, he's a locked for at least 10 touchdowns. And that's, you know, that's wide receiver one numbers from a standard perspective at the very least. Sure. Okay. Jordan, who's on your hype train? I don't think this one's any sort of surprise, but it kind of goes to a, a greater theme for all the players that I picked for um, these awards or exercises that we're going to. And uh, it's Lamar Jackson, of course. I've, been trying to I've done a couple um redraft leagues now and I've been trying to grab Lamar Jackson um whenever I can a lot of it just has to do with uh value uh, he's going right now his ADP is the ninth round pick eight so that has allowed me especially to just hoard as many and take as many shots to at running backs and wide receivers who you know might hit some might not but the point is I've got like three or four running backs and one or two of those guys could be my starters another guy could be a guy that somebody else wants uh, at any rate I think Lamar Jackson has a pretty high ceiling or high ceiling high floor just based on the fact that he can run the ball um, I think he'll be a better passer this year too I think he's shown some signs of being more efficient with the ball um, I just really don't think his his perceived struggles last year throwing the ball had anything to do with the fact that he just can't develop into a good passer. I just think it had to do with him being a rookie, being thrown in late in the season and running a completely different offense than what Joe Flacco was running and what I assume what they're actually practicing. So I am high on Lamar Jackson and I am all in on uh, late round QB strategy. That's the only way to draft your quarterback, by the way, everyone. Don't go spending a first-round pick on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, for fake teams, I just wrote today, I wrote five potential league winners, and I had Lamar Jackson as one of my guys. Because, again, you're right. He's going as a QB 13, so you can get him as your second quarterback and still be totally – like that's you're not even risking anything in order to get him on your team. But there are some crazy stats about Lamar Jackson's rookie year. First off, that he broke PFF's uh, record for fantasy points per dropback, scoring 0.83 per time that he dropped back, which is just absolutely preposterous when you think about it. Um, and from week 10 on, when he took over the starting job, he was QB 10 in fantasy, averaging 18.6 points per game, despite the fact that he threw in that time only uh, 1,100 yards and five touchdowns. So... Even if you even if you think that his running stats are going to take maybe a mild step back, his passing stats have to take a step forward because you can't throw less than a thousand yards in a season. Um, so he's going to throw at the very least, you know, two thousand yards in a better offense 
with more weapons on the outside and at wide receiver. I think he's a lock to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. I think he also has, there's a like 20% of me that thinks he could be the QB one this year and just like, just blow everyone's mind. So it's tough to, to cram in, in this little segment, uh, how much Lamar Jackson has going for him this year. That being said, I, I still probably won't end up taking him in the ninth round because I'm still acquiring like flex options at that point in time. But um, my team preview for the Ravens came out today. Uh, some stuff I just want to point out is that uh, when asked in, in July, uh, when John Harbaugh was asked if Lamar Jackson had a shot to surpass Cam Newton's 139 carry 2017 campaign. He said, I bet, I bet the over on that one. I bet the over on that one for sure. Um, we're looking at a quarterback who's going to probably get 150 carries in a season. That's bananas. That's a uh, running back. That's a fucking running back. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, that's occurring under offensive quarter, offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, who, um, Gave, who helped propel Colin Kaepernick and Tyron Taylor to their uh, strongest career, strongest statistical careers, which is what we're looking for. And it's also worth noting that Warren Sharp has the Ravens to not only face the 11th easiest overall offensive schedule of 2019, but the second easiest slate of run defenses through 2019. Um, invest in Lamar Jackson as your quarterback one. I, I wouldn't even worry about getting a backup if you want to go for it. But I, I, it is worth noting that also he I believe Lamar Jackson averaged more yards per completion as a rookie uh than Andrew Luck did his um, rookie stats are incredible sporadic. People yeah to, like was, pass him off and be like well Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball yeah no he's he's a badass um he 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 I he will be rising in my in my quarterback rankings yeah hell yeah but hey go look at my team previews you guys <laughs> but hey, hey, uh, faketeams.com. Go check that shit out. Uh, all right, second round of uh, hype train picks. Nick, who you got? Let's see here. Um, for my second pick, okay, this one, my mind was changed today while I was uh, researching Carolina Panthers for team previews today. Um, DJ Moore led the NFL from week eight on last year in yards after the catch. He was, he was going out for 7.9 yards after the catch. That's insane. Um, this, he was the number two spark athlete leading into the draft, um, in, in, in the 2018 draft. This guy is a hyper athletic running back who has phenomenal hands and can run routes like nobody's business. I mean, he's, he's sort of like, if you put David Johnson in a full-time receiver role, this guy is awesome. And, and something else that I didn't, and I did mean to say running back. I did mean to say that because he runs like a running back. Well, he wasn't, um, was he one in college? I am not sure. I thought um, he spent some time in. Anyways, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. But, but we had to, that's fine. What, what pushed me over the edge for this is that in Warren Sharp's 2019 football preview, he shares that he actually consulted for the Panthers in the offseason leading into last year. I did not know this. That's insane. And that is the reason why they went pass heavy on both first and second down and had. Cam Newton's efficiency was insane, and he was playing with an injured throwing shoulder the the way that they're running their offense is highly intelligent um and i was really high on curtis samuel and i still am but i i now think that that dj moore should be drafted ahead of curtis samuel go go get dj moore he's gonna have an amazing year for those who are just listening to the podcast for the first time anytime you hear a flustered nick you know what he's saying is it gets him so excited and he believes it so hard 
that you it's just the gospel so a flustered nick tells you to go draft dj Moore, you go draft dj Moore. you don't ask questions thank you pete yeah, I I've liked DJ Moore. I believe it was uh was it the earlier podcast this week when Pete you mentioned Curtis Samuel um talking a little bit about him and I, I was still really excited about DJ Moore and uh, that's just just could be me getting excited about second year receivers as I want to do but I, I like DJ Moore and yeah I think there's a reason they kind of uh, wanted him to be the number one in Carolina. Yeah, I think I think and Nick you touched on this in your uh, in your team preview but i also just think you can't go wrong with this carolina offense like <laughs> every, right yeah every name there yeah it has fantasy value at the at the if you've heard of them i think the tight ends you ignore greg olson is going to be in the fantasy commentator booth real soon um but cam newton christian mccaffrey dj moore curtis samuel those names you draft them whenever you can get them because i think this offense is going to be very very good yeah. Um, so the guy who is also on my hype train, my second hype train guy is I've been kind of, I haven't expressed this so much so because I'm very much of a fan. I'm all about the later tight end drafts and he's a little too high in tight ends for me to like want to invest in him. But I do think that Evan Ingram is going to be like a top three tight end this year. I think he is going to replace Zach Ertz in that upper echelon of guys who are worth your, you know, whatever third round pick on. We've seen we've seen Evan Ingram before in an offense without Odell Beckham. Uh, his rookie year, and he racked up 115 targets, 722 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, he was the tight end five that year, and I and even last year he was the tight end 13 with 64 targets, 45 catches, 570 yards, and three touchdowns. But I just think Eli Manning, for as long as Eli Manning is going to be the quarterback for that offense, Evan Ingram is going to be one of his go-to targets. Golden Tate is suspended. Sterling Shepard is still there. Saquon Barkley is also there and is going to be the focal point of that offense. But I think that there's going to be a lot of Evan Ingram worked into this offense. And even if Daniel Jones does eventually take over, hey, a quarterback's best friend is his tight end. So uh, I'm fully like Evan Ingram. If you don't want to invest in Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, don't go for Zach Ertz. Don't go for OJ Howard. Don't go for Hunter Henry. Get Evan Ingram uh, because he's going to be the number two receiver in that Giants offense. I'm a big fan of Evan Ingram. I like the fact that he's basically just a wide receiver out there. That awesome. um, but unfortunately for me, he just doesn't fit into my draft strategy. Uh, I think he could very well, you know, getting a, a full season of health based on what he did his rookie year, he could catapult up the tight end rankings in a sneaky way that we haven't seen. But um, I have a, a candidate for outplay their ADP that fits more aligned into my draft strategy as far as tight ends goes. My redraft leagues that I've done so far, I feel like Evan Ingram has been going somewhere around mid-draft because people people are really starting like as soon as Travis Kelsey and yeah, um, round five is like Zach Ertz and George Kittle. As soon as they go off the board, people start to like panic a little bit and they're like, "Oh, I need to get I need to fill right. this tight end spot now." Which yeah, so uh, I'm waiting on tight end. No, I think if you're if you have the tight end strategy where you're okay drafting your tight end early, I'm saying Evan Ingram is is one of the guys. He should be your third guy on your list behind George Kittle and, and Travis Kelsey. I personally am not a draft a tight end early guy, so I probably won't have Evan Ingram anywhere. I I would be going after Ingram um, strictly in full point PPR leagues until uh, Daniel Jones takes over. 
Uh, Jones has actually played surprisingly well, uh, despite the Giants releasing that highlight video of him just throwing the fullback. Um, check down, check down, check down, check down. Love my Eli, <laughs> Eli Manning is just, he's just got a little pop gun arm. Um, he'll Ingram will, will probably rack up receptions as like, I, I assume Pete said he's going to be the number two receiver. I assume the number one receiver is Barkley. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Ingram will be the number two passing game option, but, uh, from what I'm seeing, OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, and Hunter Henry all, are all going within like 10 picks of each other. And for me, it's OJ Howard every time, and it's not even close. Um, I do think that if you're going to wait, the last guy that I'd want to get is Vance McDonald, but um, that's just I like him not too. expanding too much. Yeah, but um, Ingram, yeah, in, in full point PPR, yeah. Outside of that, I I just want to swing a little higher. I, I think OJ Howard is is going to be replacing Zach Ertz for the the big three at tight end uh, at the end by the end of the year. Yeah, uh, I just also want to take this moment to point out to everyone that Eli Manning, with his noodle arm that doesn't function, is 38 years old, and Super Bowl winning quarterback Tom Brady is 42, who can still rocket the ball to the sidelines. So you know, just let that sink in. I don't want to get you guys too excited, but did anybody listen to the Russillo pod with? Chris Mortensen. No. He said uh he was at the Peyton Manning or not Peyton Manning, the Manning passing camp. And uh Eli was there, and so were guys like uh Trevor Lawrence and I believe Justin Herbert. Tua wasn't there. Um, but he said, Man, Eli was out throwing all of them. <laughs> oh, no. Don't want to get you excited. No, I'm just saying no, he wasn't. Chris so, Mortensen also thought that their fucking PSI in the footballs was three points over, like a dumbass. <laughs> um, there are certain certain muscles that are very uh, <laughs> that are needed. Uh, yeah, there are certain, <laughs> certain muscles that stand you gotta out. Have a Eli um, to throw a football when, when you uh, when you when you use too much uh, uh, like testosterone replacement therapy. For certain athletes, you can tell it's when they have like pumped up traps and pumped up delts, but not a whole lot else. It's kind of, I watch a lot of combat you sports. Say, you say Eli is just, just like, like pumping his body full of testosterone in order to sleep at 38 years old. Go look up the photo of like Eli at the beach. And there's this photo of him where he's like, oh my God, I love spreading this conspiracy theory that Eli is just pumping himself full of testosterone yeah, right now. NFL players are juiced out of their mind, but it's just like, he's just this out of shape dad bod dude. He's got a gut, and then his belts and his breasts are just pumped up. His, his pecs are transitioning into breasts. It's just like, he absolutely. Uh, he's, Using the last of his steroids that he has, and yeah, so maybe he is able to launch a few bombs from time to time. But for the most part, it doesn't look like I don't know. Anyway, look up that picture for a good laugh. He's getting the uh, HGH ships to his house under Peyton Manning's wife's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my God, uh, Jordan, who's the last person on your hype train? Uh, last person on my hype train. I don't think we've dedicated a whole lot of airtime to this guy so far, but. I've been trying to snag Robbie Anderson in a couple leagues as a uh, possible flex play. Uh, his ADP right now is sixth round pick nine. Uh, so I don't think you're wasting a whole lot of draft capital on somebody who uh, is, I feel like, the wide receiver one in New York, despite uh, Quincy Anunua coming back. Uh, wait, Quincy Anunua was suspended also. So he's definitely the wide receiver one. And uh, I'm just trying 
trying to hedge a little bit with the Robbie Anderson pickups to see if I can uh, ride a little Sam Darnold wave if, if this is a, a breakout year for Sam Darnold. Because a lot of indications are saying that he will, uh, you know, start tossing rockets. I've been calling him the uh, Andrew Luck 2.0 now that we, we lost our, our Lord and Savior, Andrew. Oh, yeah, so, we we yeah. talked about Robbie Anderson at the end of one podcast, and we were all in agreement on him. I think that he is someone who has the the ability to be a top fifteen wide receiver because uh, he's a wide receiver one in the Jets, and if that Jets offense is as explosive as it could be with Sam Darnold, who is a really good quarterback, I mean, the Jets nailed their pick on that. Uh, he fell right into their laps, and so I think that Robbie and Robbie Anderson, if he can keep his you know head out of trouble and stay on the field. He's a really talented receiver who I think pairs really well with Darnold. So I, I could see that duo going real far, especially in fantasy. I was uh, a lot higher on Robbie Anderson <clears throat> at the beginning of training camp than I am right now. Um, Jamison Crowder has been just a, a, a ball magnet um, for Sam Darnold. And I think that Robbie Anderson will probably have the spiked yardage in touchdown weeks. Um, but I think that if you draft him, you're going to have to, depending on what kind of a fantasy manager you are, if you draft Robbie Anderson, you're just going to have to pay attention to which defenses are prone to give up, uh, you know, deeper, deeper shots than, than others. We have talked about how he's developing a full route tree, but his specialty will probably always remain the deep ball, sort of like Sammy Watkins, who's like, you know, he's, he's technically an X receiver, but his thing is catching balls downfield. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're game to be researching matchups every week, yeah, go get yourself Robbie Anderson. But, um, I, I think that, uh, Crowder is going to lead that team in reception. I think that's fair. I think, I think that, uh, I don't disagree with you, but I think Robbie Anderson is still going to put up enough stats to, especially in standard leagues, to be able to carry himself as a, as a very valuable tight end or a very valuable wide receiver in fantasy. I agree. I think he, like I was just saying, you, you have to, you're going to have to do your homework with him. Like you will with like Deshaun Jackson. See, I think he's, I think he's a more complete receiver than Deshaun Jackson is. Okay. But, but that's just, that was, that's my personal, my personal oh. viewpoint. I would compare them. I would feel like I would compare them to a step down of uh, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs where Adam Thielen gets a lot of receptions and gets a lot of yards through that method. Stefan Diggs gets kind of the big plays and still a lot of targets for touchdowns. I don't think they're going to be close as that, but that's, that's kind of the relationship that I feel like could, could play out. We're going to be talking about feeling in a little bit. Don't you worry. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, well, so let's go on then. Let's go on to our two players in our dirty caboose uh, to follow our hype train. I was pretty proud of, pretty proud of that one. <laughs> Where did you get this turn? This I term. just created it. I created it because I figured the hype train needed to have a dirty caboose to it of players <laughs> who are just not drafting. They, we are avoiding them at all costs. Uh, and I'll start because I'm going to talk about a guy who we've spent a lot of time talking about, but I just, I just want to reiterate it. <clears throat> it's a two-parter. One, Damian Williams is not worth whatever you're currently spending on him. Let me quickly bring up some numbers for you. Damian Williams is going as the RB12 at 207. He's not worth that. I would much rather have Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones, Devonta Freeman, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Derrick Henry. Those are all backs going after him. 100% rather him. And on that same note, in that same offense, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that also don't draft Patrick Mahomes at the beginning of the second round unless you're in a super flex league or a two QB league. Don't spend a second round pick 
the first pick of the second round on Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he was incredible last year, and he put up a ton of fantasy points, but he's not going to throw for 50 touchdowns again. He's not going to do it. And the, the difference between the top quarterback and the 20th quarterback is marginal enough that there's no reason to waste such a valuable pick on Patrick Mahomes. So those are, I'm combining them as one, as one person on my dirty caboose. The Chiefs running back and quarterback belong in the caboose. Well, I am all aboard your caboose here because <laughs> uh, Damian <laughs> Williams was asked. My, my, uh, my avoids for this category are both pretty much narrative-based, and one of mine is actually Damian Williams. Uh, I just don't like drafting him in the second round or just a running back in general where I feel like Andy Reid in Kansas City, they're really not afraid. If somebody else is going to start playing better or coming out of the gate as the better person, which I believe Darwin Thompson is the better running back, I think he will either be the – I think Darwin will either be the main guy going right away or end up starting by the end of the season just based on – I mean, Darwin Thompson's a very athletic person. and I, I don't know. I, I just will try if you can get some other guys who are like the definitive RB one in their offense, then I would go for them. But with so much back and forth, there was all this talk earlier in the preseason about, Oh, could be running back by committee. No, it's Damian Williams offense. Oh, Darwin Thompson's getting first team reps. It's just, it's a little confusing to me. And I'm just trying to lower my risk in the first couple of rounds. Amen, brother. All right, so if you're at all squeamish, you're going to need to hit the fast-forward 30 seconds button for this story. I cannot handle this dirty caboose term. My girlfriend's monster-sized dog, George, had some issue with his anal glands in my bedroom, and they exploded. And he had like a, a, a panic attack because he didn't sleep in his crate anymore. But so I put him in his crate, and he had this freak out. And it went everywhere. <laughs> and I thought I had it all cleaned up. I stayed at her place last night. I just got back today. I almost vomited walking into my room. It is like a thousand skunks have been released. So anyway, this dirty caboose. Dirty caboose is here to stay, Nick. Deal with it. It is way too much for me to deal with. I got to go rent a, like a shop back after we record this. Oh, like, my God. Anyway, a poor doggo. Um, yeah, poor doggo with his No, he's man. fine now. Um, <laughs> Just a nervous anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh, All right. So we are I, I'm just I'm just a, a hipster little contrarian bastard. Um draft Damien Williams. The only guy I so what I'm doing, I'm looking at half point PPR ADP right now. I'm taking uh, Joe Mixon and dropping him uh behind Damien Williams. I'm putting Leonard Fournette in his place, but Damian Williams is the running back 12 is an awesome deal. I know that the, the, the biggest knock I hear about this dude is that, oh, he's only had 50 carries in one season. Yeah, what did he do with it? He fucking balled out in this offense. He looks great. I like the fact that he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires. That means his meniscuses are doing very well. All the rest of the tenants are doing very well. This guy does not have a lot of tread on his tires. He's in the best offense in the NFL. At worst, you're getting a, a, a stud running back for half the season. Like I, I and I don't think that that's going to be the case. That being, I think that he's, I think that he's going to be awesome. I think that Damian Williams is a, is a terrific pick. Um, 
And it is worth noting that if you go zero RB, uh, at least for like the first two or three rounds, he's he's going off the board, I believe. Well, I guess it depends, but I, I believe in some weeks he's going off the board in the third round. If you can go get like Devontae Adams and Julio and then pair him with Damian Williams, that's fucking awesome. That being said, I do think that Darwin Thompson is a smart guy to invest in lane drafts just because there is some unknown surrounding Damian Williams. We do want to see him produce over the full course of the season. So the smart thing to do is invest in his primary backup, not because you're investing in handcuffs, don't invest in handcuffs, but because it's a slightly ambiguous backfield and that's something that's good to invest in. And in this kind of an offense, that's it. just, yeah, go get yourself some Darwin Thompson late in the draft, but don't be afraid of Damian Williams. No, I'm terrified of Damian Williams. Yeah. If you can handcuff one to the other, I, I like that strategy. Uh, more so than just trying to get Damian Williams outright. But I also could be the guy in, you know, midseason and be like, God damn it, I should have went after Damian Williams when I had the chance. I will never admit to that. Uh, <laughs> Nick, who's the fr- – you, you, you haven't talked about your dir- dirty caboose yet. You've talked about your dog's dirty caboose. But oh, my God, we need, George. We need to know one of the players who's on your dirty caboose or in. Yeah, man. So, all right, this one, this is just blowing my mind that we, we even have to talk about it. I mean, it sucks, but um, my guy is Kenny Galladay. Um, Kenny Galladay is a phenomenal wide receiver, and on 20 other NFL teams, this guy would be wonderful to watch and appreciate, but in this donkey of an offense in, in Detroit, um, and it's the reason why I can't stand Marvin Jones at all, they all they want to do is just the wrong thing. They want the ground and pound. They want to give CJ Anderson the rock. Carryon Johnson is is not a good draft pick right now because CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson is, will never die. Yeah, and and Ty Johnson has been stealing some works through the passing game. Um, the Lions' offense is just <laughs> it's run by donkeys. And you can't trust a donkey to run an offense. Matt Patricia has no business calling fucking plays. Michael Lombardi likes to make fun of him because he's, he's out there. He does the Bill Belichick thing. He puts a pencil behind his ear, and he's got a laminated play sheet. You're not using the pencil on the laminated play sheet, you fucking <laughs> Anyway, I, I'm sorry, Kenny Galladay, but you, you will not be drafted by me. Yeah, I love Kenny Galladay. I love um, on Johnson. I love Marvin Jones. But I just... I don't think Matt Patricia is equipped to coach this team. I actually I think, think Matt his, his Patricia team, is equipped to equipped to coach any team. I I think he like well I thought this when they hired him that he ran a defense that wasn't all that good when he was coaching them, but it was mostly Bill Belichick's defense. Right. And look at how well they played last year, and look at all the talk about how well they're going to probably play this year. I just I don't think. I think Matt Patricia's seat is very hot this season. I 100% agree. Uh, my second guy on my dirty caboose is also a receiver who's going around in that area. Uh, a little bit lower, but I am still not sold on Calvin Ridley. Uh, I understand that the Falcons offense is explosive as all hell and can get you lots of points. But if I look at where Calvin Ridley is going and the names that surround him, there are just other people there who I'd much prefer. Uh, Josh Gordon is going a couple picks behind him. DJ Moore is going a couple picks behind him. AJ Green is going a couple picks above Calvin Ridley. And I know that you're like, well, AJ Green's not playing the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, but AJ Green is a top five wide receiver when he's playing. And I know that for a fact. Um, so Calvin Ridley is, it's, it's a lot of me worried that his fantasy production last year was tied exclusively to that stretch where he scored five touchdowns in like four games. 
and not so much to what he can actually do over a course of a season. And I don't really want to find that out on my fantasy team. So I'm passing on him. No. <laughs> I like Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver too. I actually think people would be a little bit more high on his potential if he didn't have that burst of scoring. I might honestly like, agree with that. Yeah, I might agree I, with that. I think people would be like, oh yeah, he, he flashed last year. So this is the year when he breaks out. I think people are like it was kind of a bait and switch to thinking like he somehow peaked in the first few weeks of, of the yeah. football season. I think he's just, he can just get better at this point. That's fair. Um, yeah. I don't think that he's, um, he's a good football player and he's in an offense that's going to face a really tough uh, run defense schedule. And it's that, that whole division is full of teams that, that uh, score a ton of points and don't have very good secondaries. So it, it's a good, He's a good player to uh, – if you end up having him on your team, then that's fine. But like you, like you said, the people going around him are just really fucking good. And then the next round, you got guys like Will Fuller and um, Austin Eckler. And somebody, somebody I'll, I'll talk a whole bunch about in a little while. But, yeah, I, I think that the opportunity cost to get Calvin Ridley is too high. I concur. Jordan, who's the last player you're putting on your dirty caboose? Uh, dirty caboose. This is, uh, kind of in, um, opposition to what I was saying about getting on top of the Sam Darnold, um, hype train, possibly hedging on that breakout season. My avoid is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, his current ADP right now is in the first round, first round pick eight. Uh, this guy hasn't played again. It's narrative based, as I said before, with both of these avoids, but he hasn't played football in 20 months. And I just, it's kind of too much of an unknown for me to pick him in the first round. I mean, I, Le'Veon Bell is a, a surefire fantasy star. Uh, the first few years he's played and was featured in Pittsburgh. It's just, it's tough to know what you're going to get with him in New York. And second round, absolutely. I'll kick the tires on Le'Veon Bell as a second round pick. I've kicked the tires on Todd Gurley as a second round pick. But I just, first round is uh, that's asking a lot for me. I totally agree. Yeah, I think that until um, Gase proved that that his fast-paced Denver offense was not because of Peyton Manning and that he he can turn things around after his three snails-paced years in Miami, um, I, I, I won't trust him. Um, uh, Jordan, it's funny that you mentioned the the off for twenty months thing. I had the pleasure with uh, I had the pleasure of uh, tweeting. Uh, very briefly with with Evan Silva today, and that's exactly what he pointed out. We were talking about Ty Montgomery, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, you know, you're, you're you're going after a guy who has not played football in 20 months in the first round. That that's crazy. Um, he was out of football shape for a year. Like the reports, I think, were that he ballooned to like 260 pounds. And we're not talking about Le'Veon Bell uh, playing at his rookie year weight of of, of 240." You know, when he when he really popped off, he was around 225. So that's a, a ton of weight he had to lose just to get in football shape. Um, I, I this is a guy who I uh, who I would draft behind Damian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the second I think the second round is a perfect spot for Le'Veon Bell. First round is a yeah. bit because in the first round, if that's your first running back which obviously it is if it's the first round. But I think at best, Le'Veon Bell, it takes him like half the season to really yeah. get going again, That's which true. is not something you want. I, I mean, you are you could be really down in the standings by that. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Nick, who's the final person in your duty caboose? So th- this is a guy that, that we're really not going to need to talk very much about. Um, I'm just stunned that he is going as high as he is. Uh, uh, Jordan Howard is going in like the seventh or eighth round. What the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> he's a one dimension. He's a battering ram and he'll score a couple of times. But I think 300 yards and like four TDs is an extremely real best case scenario for this guy. Miles Sanders is going to outplay him. Like you cannot believe. I, do you want to, do you want to hear, do you want to hear who's going after Jordan Howard? Yes, please. Darwin Thompson, Matt Breida, Royce Freeman, and Kareem Hunt. I mean, I, I, I'm Kareem Hunt on his 10 game suspension and being, you know, a, a mildly bad person. I would take him over. I just, I'm a, I, both Jordan Howard and Kareem Hunt are just taking zeros on your bench. Um, I, I think that they are of equal value. So anyway, I, I don't know what the hell people are thinking. Stop drafting Jordan Howard at all. That's I agree. I don't dislike Jordan Howard because if he does get opportunities, he's running behind a very, very good offensive line. But I, I was doing some research today because I had a little rookie draft in Dynasty and I needed to get a, a running back. And I picked up Miles Sanders because I heard it was, this was basically the determining factor. I was picking between two players. Did you listen to uh, the RB1 podcast and you heard Nick get all kinds of excited over Miles Sanders? Yes. You're going to win your league for 10 years. Um, I heard uh, Roto Underworld call him or say that Miles Sanders' athletic profile and his attributes were going to make him the next Melvin Gordon. And I was just like, so that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Player profiler is a really good resource. Like That's that. Matt Kelly. Um, all right. Well, we've got uh, still four more different things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about players who will outplay their ADP, uh, pick for a biggest letdown, fantasy MVP, and a player who not enough people are talking about. But, but before we get into that, we're going to quickly take an ad break. So don't go anywhere. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, now that that is over... Now that we're back from the ad break, we're going to talk about players uh, who will outplay their ADP the most. And we're going to start going through this with a little more speed and rapid fire. We each have one for the, all of these guys or the, for the next four topics. We're going to talk about a player who out, outplay their ADP the most. Jordan, who is your guy? I think you alluded to him, but tell me more. Oh, my guy is definitely Mark Andrews. He's going in the 12th round, pick 12. So at the very end of the 12th round, uh, it fits in with my whole 
wait to draft a tight end strategy if you don't get a shot at Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. Um, I think he's definitely going to outplay a 12th round type of value. He's a great pass catcher. I absolutely love Mark Andrews. Was thinking of having him on my hype train, but then I was like, man, I've talked a lot about the Ravens this offseason, so I'm going to spice it up and talk about a different team. But yeah, Mark Andrews was the best receiver for the Ram- for the Ravens when Lamar Jackson was took over as starting quarterback. He's a tight end who you can get real late. He's extremely talented, um, so I absolutely love that pick. Fully endorse. I, I really like the player and I was very high on him in, in May and June um, and, and someone in July. But the fact that the dude is just not playing on rushing or uh, on, on when he's not he's not blocking, um, it scares me. I yeah, uh, the guy, he's super talented. If he can continue to um, like if he was just on a different team, if he wasn't on a team. That's going to run the ball. Wants like to a, rearrange the entire NFL to have all. Of I do. Oh my God. On the right team. Let me do a fantasy draft for the NFL. If he was just on a team that was like, like, well, now we're just going to do this stupid. Put him on the Patriots. But if he was just on a team that was like, yeah, we're going to throw the ball a ton, and and not that he he would have so much more value if he was a proficient blocker because then it's masking why he's out there on the field. But I get we're talking about like a 13th round tight end, so. What do you got to lose? Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, though. So I I think that'll help him out a lot. Nick, who do you have as who's going to outplay their ADP? Uh, Miles Sanders. Um, And I've talked ad nauseum about this guy, but there are a few little numbers numbers that we can just keep coming back to. Jay Ajayi averaged 14 touches a game when playing for them. Miles Sanders is the most complete running back that – um, that Doug Peterson has ever had on, on a pro team next year. Miles Sanders is going to be talked about as uh, whether or not you should take him at the end of the first round or in the middle of the second um, or, you know, like the first, first half of the second round. Um, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with a solid comparison for sort of who, I mean, you might be debating like, like we are, he's a type of player who's similar to, to Damian Williams. This team is so smart in how they use their players and the, the types of touches that he is going to be getting, the passes on first and second down, not not on third when you're telegraphing the defense that, oh, well, no, the down where you use a passing running back. Put your passing down running backs out there on first. Anyway, the, the types of touches that he's getting and the volume of touches that he's getting in this insane offense is, is too good to pass up. He's he's going in a uh, – like what is it the sixth or seventh round right now that's crazy that's good yeah the pick pick number 72 so um that's i think the the six six seventh round turn anyway yeah miles sanders uh my guy is we talked about him we jordan you touched on him earlier sam darnold is the quarterback 22 right now going in the 14th round i think um not that that really matters because quarterbacks draft him when you want them but the 22nd quarterback I think he could be in for a huge season I think he could be in for a season where we recognize that he actually is the best quarterback in this class uh outside of Josh Allen outside of Lamar Miller outside of uh who else was taken was uh, what's his name who's now in Miami Duke Josh Josh Rosen there it is oh Rosen Miami what the (laughs) um I think I heard Miami and I thought hurricanes right away (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, so I think Sam Darnold has has the best chance to outplay his ADP and and really rapidly ascend from being kind of one of those back end quarterbacks or you know like out well outside the top ten to maybe even working his way into the top ten and as a guy he can get for free. So I, I'm all for targeting him. I also had John Brown as a guy because who says no to John Brown being Tyler Lockett for the Bills? Yeah, I like how late Sam Darnold is going. I have taken him in a redraft league as like my second quarterback, but if he can turn into like the starting quarterback, then I just, you know, drop the other guy, trade him, whatever. But yeah, that ADP, that's pretty good value. All right. So we'll move on to biggest letdowns. Uh, For me, it was, I mean, kind of an obvious pick. I just feel like the biggest letdown obviously like ties to who's going to disappoint most people. And so since Saquon Barkley is in a questionable situation uh, and is going as one of the top three picks at the very latest is he's going to be pick three. I feel like he has the biggest chance to let people down just in the same way that David Johnson, everyone was saying the same thing last year about David Johnson, how, Oh my God, he's the only player on a bad team. Who's going to do anything. Like he's just going to get all of the touches and all of the receptions and he's just going to be perfect. Um, And then that failed miserably because, Hey, guess what? When defenses don't have to worry about anything except for you, you tend to get stymied. Also their play calling was, pretty atrocious with him but nonetheless he was a big disappointment and I think Saquon Barkley I'm not saying he's going to be a disappointment we're just saying who could be the biggest disappointment I think Saquon Barkley has that potential to let a lot of people down because the Giants are garbage and everyone knows they're garbage and the defense knows all we have to do is worry about Saquon and this offense can't move yeah if you already drafted and you picked Saquon Barkley I think it would behoove you the most for uh, the Giants to put Dave or to put Daniel Jones behind center there because he's the more I mean we know what Eli Manning is Daniel Jones is a little bit more of an unknown quantity um he will use he would use Saquon Barkley as a check down as a safety blanket when things you know got a little rough for him and Daniel Jones can move like he can he's a threat to take off too so I think he's just a better overall weapon it would help the offense if they, if they plan on trying to win a few games. Um, I think that uh, in, in PPR leagues, Saquon Barkley is totally fine. Cause he's going to get like 10 sure. points a game, just catching just the ball. By, just by touching the rock. Yeah. But I do think, I, I mean, I, for me, he's still in the top three and I think that he'll, he'll meet that standard. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey over him regardless of, of format. It's not even, that's not debatable for me. But yeah, I mean, it, it, the offense is a concern, and he gained um, I, it was like six hundred yards on twenty plus yard touches. Right, last right, year. right, right. Which is worrisome because if that doesn't replicate itself, suddenly now you're getting three yards a carry. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I think I think he was averaging something appalling, like three yards on first down yeah. touches or something. But. No. Um, I think that he's just, he's going to get, you know, 25 touches a game and that will keep him in a rock solid place. Um, but I think that the, at the very least, the point is well taken as a, just a general conversation about how dumb the goddamn New York Giants are. They're stupid. Jordan, who's, who are you worried about or who's you, your take for the biggest letdown? Um, so I'm trying to light some some Twitter feeds and some earbuds on fire here. I think my, I think the biggest letdown of 2019 fantasy season is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Um, Mostly because 
the so the two drafts that I did, and I did another draft where I helped buddy out. Patrick Mahomes went in the first round. Um, I think that first of all, it runs counter to my strategy of waiting on on a quarterback, and I just I feel like. Patrick Mahomes will get you points. Yes, he will do well for you. He will, you know, score probably half your points. But guess what? He's going to score half your points because you missed out on a top-tier running back or wide receiver who uh, is going to help you get other points and have – I just don't think the value uh, is there in the first round. And I I feel like you need somebody else who can score you more points, especially somebody in a half-point PPR league or a full point PPR league and every league I'm in the passing touchdowns are only four points. So I'm going for players that are going to score more points. I've been nodding my head the whole time. Yes. Everything you said, ditto it. Yeah. The opportunity cost of drafting him is not worth the risk of him. um, Not repeating. Even just being like an average quarterback. If you spend a first round pick on him and he's just, even if he's like the best quarterback, but only by a couple, like he needs to have another otherworldly MVP season that we've never seen from a quarterback in NFL history. He has to do that again in order to like be justified. The fact that you spent a first round pick on him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't draft Patrick Mahomes then. All right. Uh, Nick, who's your biggest letdown? Um, Adam Thielen. Uh, he is a, a similar, in a similar situation to Kenny Galladay. Um, and I've, I've talked a lot about this before, but, uh, when they, when they changed their offensive coordinator last year, they fired John DiCalippo, who was, uh, a brilliant mind using forward thinking tendencies of throwing on early downs and featuring the running back, uh, you know, through the, the, the passing game. Like there were, there were games where Dalvin Cook had like a hundred yards receiving, like 10 yards rushing. And I don't, you don't necessarily want it to be that skewed, but anyway, what they uh, wanted was a three yards in a pile of dust on first down. They did not want these uh, seven yard gains for whatever reason. And uh, when they when they made the switch, and I'm totally blank on the new OC's name, but when they made the switch, a uh, thing that came with the switch, it's, well, like Gary Adam, Kubiak is like the OC overseer, so it's basically right. um, the offense. But it's 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 more than it's more than that. It's um, I, I'll look it up here. But basically, what ended up happening was Adam Thielen was kicked out of running in the slot for like he was running like sixty or seventy percent of his routes uh, out of the slot, and he and he was roasting guys. He was averaging I think it's a it was a hundred and one yards a game. And once that switch happened, and he had to to share the slot with with Stephon Diggs at an equal amount. He went down to 48 receiving yards a game. This is the offense that they want to run. This is what they want to do. It, it is no longer this, the awesome Minnesota, Minnesota Twins show where we can see these two stud receivers ball the fuck out while Dalvin Cook also balls out, but in an intelligent manner through the air. They want to be an old school, uh, will limit turnovers and keep it to a low score. It's just so fucking dumb. And unfortunately, Adam Thielen has to suffer because this stupid donkey, other donkey, 
front office is, is thinking the same shit as the Detroit Lions. And I encourage you guys to go listen to the Ringers NFL show episode from like two weeks ago where Robert Mays talks about one, talking to, to Kirk Cousins and how smart he is and how much he understands about how you should play football today. And then going and sitting down with the coach and the GM and they're going, yeah, we want to do all this dumb donkey stuff. Why do you think, why is this a trend in the NFL that we're seeing when, when there was so much success from the Rams and from the Chiefs? Why do you have these dumb NFC North teams being like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to run that. It's, it's an old boys club. And if I, I will protect your ass from getting fired, if you'll protect mine and, and we will look, teams aren't incentivized. What, what is, what is still the list in, in the 2019 preview? Um, the Browns had the losing its record uh, over the last like five years. And during that time, Jimmy Haslam, the, the, the worth of the Browns increased by a billion dollars. There is no incentive to be a winning team for these owners. All they care about is driving a profit. And if you don't have to put a winning product on the field, then there's no reason to. Now, the, the nationwide legalization of sports betting, that's going to change things because money is going to drive the market in, in that regard. But until that really starts to take effect, we're still going to have these stupid front offices that run by, by coaches or by, by owners who just want to hire the known quantities that, that will continue to, to fill their pockets while putting mediocre profits or mediocre products on the field. Boom. Okay. We got right. two things left and we're going to bang through them because I think this podcast Sorry, guys. is already going long. Hey, the Vikings being bad is music to my ears. Hey, I love George, it. I'm going to put that on. The repeat. fact that, that the Lions and the Vikings are, are just playing a trash uh, offensive style. Uh, all right. We got fantasy MVP and player who we don't think people are talking enough about. Nick, Who's your, who do you think is going to be fantasy's MVP this year? You ready for it? It's Kyler Murray. Ooh. Damn. Fucking boom. Love Damn. it. Are you, saying um, that, are you saying that because you think he's going to have the biggest return on your buy or because he's going to just be what Patrick Mahomes was last year? Um, I, I won't say that I think that he can hit Patrick Mahomes' numbers, but I do think that he, yeah, I mean, he's going very, very late in draft. And, um, I, I believe that the Kingsbury offense will work and this is going to be a, a boom or bust either, either teams can stop the scheme or they can't stop the scheme. And I don't think the teams are going to be able to stop it. Um, there's, they're going to go They're They're playing to take for, it's like fantasy. Like you don't draft high floor, low ceiling players. There's no, if you want fourth place, no, you're playing to get first, and that's what they're playing to get. They're only they're gonna go fucking balls out, and this the 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 minutia here has it has a lot to say about Kyler Murray, especially in the fantasy context. Um, uh, quarterback rushing yards explodes once you get into four receiver sets, and they are going to lead the league in four receiver sets when they are. All these guys are downfield, and, and Murray doesn't see anything. He doesn't even want to throw through. He's taking off, and he's fast as lightning. He's going to have a phenomenal year, and you can get him very late. Don't worry. I hope that this brings about a change. Josh Hermsmeyer's talked about a lot about this. I hope that this brings a change to how we treat rookie quarterbacks, where it will limit their turnovers. We don't ask too much of them. Ask the world of them, because turnovers, you win so much by just taking big shots. You can, ha- you can afford a couple turnovers as long as overall you're outscoring the other team and you win the turnover battle. This is how you- – anyway, go draft Kyle and Murray. You're going to win your fucking league. 
you know it's music to a, a fantasy owner's t- ears when your quarterback that you're playing that week is losing in a game because yes. that means that the ball has to be in their hands and they have to throw to score and Arizona is going to be losing a lot of games. every single so. game Arizona will be losing they will not there's not going to be a single game that they're going to be ahead at any point in. and so then yeah. it's just going to have to play catch up it's going to be filthy Something that just occurred to me too. Uh, I'm going to double check this, but I believe Sharp has them projected to face the the easiest offensive schedule of the year. Bing pot. My fantasy MVP is going to be Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey goes for a thousand and a thousand this year. Ooh, I like yep. Christian McCaffrey. I I think he's a top three pick. Easy top I mean, two. He's the number um, one pick. Yep. My my fantasy MVP stays in the NFC South. I think uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be a fantasy MVP. Um, already a really good runner and pass catcher. I don't think, um, what's his name, Latavius Murray is going to take away from him as much as Mark Ingram did. Um, and I think as Drew Brees, he's kind of showing the signs of slipping a little bit, I think, as that prolongs itself over the course of the season that they'll have to rely on Alvin Kamara even more. Yeah. It's not, I mean, yeah, I, I could see that happening too, but I mean, it will be Christian McCaffrey, but your Alvin Kamara pick isn't bad. Jordan. <laughs> as, as uh, Sean Payton drunkenly said to Evan Silva, Alvin soft. There's a reason that they brought Latavius Murray in. It's to immediately assume the, the marking him role. And, and the dude just gets, Fed in the red zone by whoever he is he's being coached by uh that said i like that for alvin kamara i he, he is a he, he's not a a true air back but he is a, a little bit slighter for I mean, he's like 220 but um i like a healthier alvin kamara i think that he can do a lot with with 16 to 18 touches um keep keep your your lead back in one of the best offenses in the nfl very healthy don't, I don't. I don't need 25 touches from him. Give me healthy 18 for all for all 16 games. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, but don't sleep on Latavius, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You right. want him playing in week 16. So. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we're gonna wrap up with one player who we feel like isn't getting enough pub. Uh, and I'll start. And my guy is we. I think Nick, you're the one who actually brought his name earlier. And I was like, ah, damn it. Now someone's talked about him. So now it completely defeats the purpose of including him here, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, Will Fuller. I feel like people aren't talking about Will Fuller because there's just this perception that as soon as he sets foot on the grass, his body's just going to explode, which it very well might be. He has not really shown the ability to stay healthy through a full season, but uh, through 11 games, with Watson and Will Fuller playing together, he has 45 catches, 782 yards, and 11 touchdowns. <laughs> like, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson together are a cheat code. And he's going, I think, is like the wide receiver 30 or, or something like that. I just think that he is someone who people haven't talked enough about and are just kind of like, eh, Will Fuller, that's a name. I think he has all the potential in the world and could absolutely uh, destroy in the fantasy world, as long as he stays healthy and could play a full season. This is an awesome pick. Um, I think he's going around the, the five, six turn, maybe further into the six and the fifth, but um, y- y- yeah, your, your statistics do not lie. Deshaun Watson loves throwing him the ball and he is so good at getting open downfield. He does not need a lot of targets to score. No. Yeah. I like Will Fuller. When he is on the field, he is 
very, very good. Like uh, Deshaun Watson likes to throw the football to him. So he's not just a deep threat who's boomer bust. It's like, hey, man, go down the field and get open. I'm going to chuck it to you anyway. Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, Nick, who's the, who's the player that you think people aren't talking enough about? Tony Pollard. People are, are talking about him, but this dude, I one, watch his highlights. Two, go look at his athletic profile. He is fucking legit. This is he is a a a um he's like what what Kalen Balaj should be. He's built big. He can handle the full workload, but he I think he played receiver for a year in school. Yeah, or, you know what? Fuck Kalen Balaj. This dude might be another David Johnson style player. He is an absolute he's so, so good in the passing game. Um Dak Prescott took twenty-two first team reps. I, I can't remember if that was full for the full preseason or just just in the second and the third game. I think it was anyway. I think it was the, the, just the third game. But um, you know how many how many first team reps Tony Pollard had? Twenty two. All of Dak Prescott's first team reps, Tony Pollard has been on the field. He is immediately assuming the Z, the Ezekiel Elliott role. They, the Cowboys have learned from when they employed Warren Sharp starting in like week nine last year when they traded for Amari Cooper. Throw the ball to the running back. It is a very good way to gain yardage. Um, he's going to be in high value targets. It, 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 you got to take him in like the 13th round. You basically can get Ezekiel Elliott for if, if Zeke sits, you're getting him for like two or three games. That's amazing. You're getting a top 12 running for that back for that. And if he doesn't, oh well, it's if you're it's a double digit pick. That's what they're there for. High upside. Just go get Tony Pollard. Yeah. I've had a lot of people reach out to me today on Twitter being like, who should I drop for Tony Pollard? And I was like, Ah, Tony Pollard is going to maybe get you two or three good games, but uh, clearly that's not the right approach. Clearly the right approach is drop everyone and go get Tony Pollard. <laughs> yeah. Tony Pollard's relative athletic score is 7.24. His spark uh, NFL percentage. So his NFL percentile, I should say is 72.2 and his PFF grade coming out of Memphis was 78.5. So he's not some sort of, He's not a slouch. He's, yeah. He's a he's a good uh running back who is running behind a healthy again offensive line with Travis Frederick yeah, coming back, which you can't discount. That's a good point. Uh Jordan, wrap this behemoth of a podcast up and give us the player who you feel like not enough people are talking about in fantasy this year. Uh all aboard the rookie running back train, because I don't think and all aboard the the Ravens train. I've completely latched onto the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. It must be an East Coast bias now. Um Justice Hill, I don't think enough people are putting him on their radar. Uh he is uh another really good athlete and in a different mold because he's a little bit of a smaller back, but he's got a lot of power. Uh there's a there was a video floating around draft time of him squatting like 500 pounds um he he's a he's a tough guy and i've seen it in the preseason game of him being able to grind out some tough yards uh it's a little bit of a crowded backfield there in baltimore but his his adp is either non-existent or it's somewhere in the late rounds of draft so if you are looking for somebody just to throw on the end of your bench somebody to take a flyer on the backfield for baltimore uh just based on Justice hills uh, pass catching ability it could end up being like a two-man thing with him and mark ingram uh kind of like how uh ingram and elvin kamara were filling those roles 
I, I just like Justice Hill a lot. I like his athletic profile. Um, yes, this is this is a guy who I've been high on very long for a very long time too. Um, but entirely thanks to Silva pointing him out in like May. The dude's a freak athlete. Forty uh, inch vertical, ten ten broad jump. Mm-hmm. Something that's huge to consider um, is players who pop for steroids oftentimes don't play very well afterwards because they're getting tested a lot because they can't take steroids anymore. That's Mark Ingram. He's 29 years old. He served a four-game suspension last year for taking steroids. Silva thinks that, that Justice Hill is going to overtake Mark Ingram for the lead role. Uh, I don't know if he's actually going to do that, but I think that, like I was saying earlier, they, they face the second easiest run defense schedule of this season. If he's getting 10 to 12 touches, that's going to return value. That's an, he's going to be an every week starter playing against crappy defenses in, in a very good run game system. I just think uh, uh, Mark Ingram, if you are not, you know, if you're kind of struggling because you can't take your, your steroids anymore, just call up Eli, get some of that testosterone that he's clearly pumping, and then you're good to go. You're going to have delts for days. We talked about Miles Sanders earlier. Um, Miles Sanders' relative athletic score was 9.5. Justice Hill, 9.35. So he's uh, just to give you a frame of reference for how athletic he actually is. There you go, everyone. Well, if you've made it this far, you're welcome. You've you've gained a vast. You're welcome. <laughs> you've gained a vast wealth of information about who to draft, who not to draft, the whole nine yards. Uh, enjoy your draft. If you're drafting this weekend, that's the most important thing. Have fun with your friends. Have fun, you know, have a beer, have a good time. Uh, and make sure you don't have too many beers that you, you know, make a draft Patrick Mahomes in the first round thinking that that's a brilliant idea because it's not. Make sure to subscribe to us. We're on the Fake Teams Podcast Network. So search for Fake Teams uh, on iTunes, Google, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. If you're interested in joining a listener league, then reach out to us and we'll, we'll start. We'll get one going. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow uh, Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and follow Nick at ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. Uh, We will be back at you guys next week. And and we're not done yet. You thought that you were done listening to this already hour plus long podcast, but no. Clark has quickly signed on just in time to give his answers to everything and give his fantasy advice for you who are drafting this weekend. So without further ado, Clark, I will try my best not to interrupt you so that you can just do stream of consciousness here uh, and we can get this done as quickly as possible for both your sake and for the listener's sake. Uh, But we've got two players on your hype train, two players in your dirty caboose, who your pick for (laughs) outplay their ADP pick for biggest letdown fantasies, MVP player. Not enough people are talking about. Let's start hype train. Go. Uh, so the hype train, I know that we're big on waiting on quarterback. That's totally a great strategy, and I'm not here to talk about that. But I am going up and getting Carson Wentz in leagues this year. Going up and get him, getting him still means like the fifth or sixth round. And I know that you're giving up a lot of opportunity to get him. But I think especially with luck being out, Wentz is that dark horse. Remember how he was absolutely surefire MVP before he got hurt? Uh, I'm you know, obviously betting on this being a Matt Stafford situation to where he's been hurt a little bit, but is just absolutely amazing. And I want a piece of the Eagles, but not any one person on the Eagles except for Carson Wentz. So spend up a little bit and uh, get Carson Wentz. The other one on the hype train, I wouldn't be surprised, Pete, if you said this one, but Josh Gordon. I'm, I'm in. I'm back in. I'm, 
I love Josh Gordon. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved Josh Gordon. He's the outside receiver for the Patriots. He may be a step slower, but he's still a giant human being. And if Tom Brady decides that he likes you, you're going to be a huge part of that <laughs> offense. I jumped up and got him in the fifth round in one of my PPR drafts this year. I think that that's late for him. I, I would be happy to take him in the fourth. Uh, he's good. And Tom Brady throws him the ball and the Patriots have an extremely prolific offense. The only argument against him is he might just play two games. You know, we, we never know. Should I give you a second to talk, Pete, or just run through these? Oh, no. I'll just quickly say, Josh Gordon, I did not say that, but I absolutely love it. The Carson Wentz one also makes a lot of sense because I think you're right about that Andrew Luck kind of area of quarterbacks. And I think, yeah, he is someone who we've forgotten about just how good, and not only how good in actual football sense, but how good in fantasy he can be. And you're right that that Eagles offense is prolific but it's a question of like well who am I buying and buying Carson Wentz gives you everything gives you the best of both worlds so I like that call a lot yeah and I feel like you're getting the uh, guy was injured so it doesn't show up in the end of your counting stats mm. discount with yeah. Wentz. which is always a nice place to be all right your uh, dirty dirty caboose <laughs> dirty caboose we're gonna do two running backs here uh, I wish Nick was here to celebrate this with me but Derrick Henry guys let's not <laughs> forget who Derrick Henry is I don't I don't like picking bus. I don't like speaking uh, negatively about players. These guys are young guys who play a sport, so I don't want to be a jerk, but I think Derrick Henry is just a, a an extremely fast, not especially quick running back, and uh, so he'll rip off a couple of good games every once in a while, but he's going to be a huge headache to start every week. So just let someone else take Derrick Henry. Uh, and then Damian Williams on the Chiefs, I don't believe it, right? I, I just – if he he could end up being the running back one, and, and that is totally within the realm of possibility, I just don't believe that Andy Reid is going to stick with this guy who for five years or four years couldn't couldn't impress any coaching staff enough. I, I want him to be successful. You know, good for him. He had a really great run, but I just I'm not spending a second or third round pick on him. I'm picking Darwin Thompson everywhere, which also may be a stupid move, but I'm going to pick him and hold on to him and see what happens. Totally agree. You'd be happy to know both Jordan and I made had Damian Williams as our first guy who is on our dirty caboose. He is he is on everyone's dirty caboose except for Nick's. Nick's dirty caboose is Damian Williams free. Okay, good, good. Uh, so we're on brand here. Uh, player who will outplay their ADP the most is obviously Matt Breida. Obviously, he's the best running back on the 49ers. I love the argument when people are like, oh, Tevin Coleman's played with Mike Shanahan before. Yeah, how do you do? <laughs> when when he played for this coach on an extremely good offense, how did he look? Not I, very good. I feel like no one's actually said that to you, Clark. Only I have said that to you. So when you say people have said... <laughs> I'm getting it all over the place, Pete. I'm being inundated. Three friends, no fewer than three friends, which is basically all my friends have told me this. So, uh, you and the and Matt Breida, you're spot on, especially because the news broke today. Nothing super major, but it seems like Jarek McKinnon has tweaked his knee again, or something has flared up in his knee again. Um, and if Matt Breida can stay, I mean, that's Matt Breida. If he stays healthy, he is the 49ers' best running back and will pr- produce. And you're getting him at a massive discount because the question is, can he stay healthy? God, and, and I hate. Injuries suck, and I just yeah hope that he gets better, and maybe this will just be a two-year recovery for him because he is fun to watch play. But just he I, is, 
Matt Breen is going to be the man. Tevin Coleman will have a role. This this offense could even produce a, a, a solid RB1 in Brita or RB2 maybe in Brita. Right. And then a nice flex in Coleman. So it's not that Coleman is trash. I just he, – he, he's not the best running back on that roster. Is he your biggest letdown? <laughs> no, I'm – I'm actually struggling with that because I don't like to go negative, Pete, especially this time of year. Well, you could like spin it around and be like, the fantasy community will be let down because there won't be a bust and everyone's been writing the bust articles. And so all everyone who's yeah. written the article let down. The bust article is how you look smart. You just pick five people <laughs> in the first round. You're probably going to hit on and a few. One of them is going to hit. Yeah. Uh, the biggest fantasy letdown, I think, is going to be Aaron Jones. I think that we've just assumed that he's going to be the number one running back for Green Bay. I think that that position is uh, I think it's up more up for grabs than we think. Uh, this coaching staff is a wild card, even though I do think Aaron Jones is the most electric player in that offense. I, I'm coming up with a theory, and I, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't like that we don't have time to go into it, but it's kind of the Andrew Reid effect of there's a, I think there's a reason why these hyper-creative coaches don't always take the most athletic running back because they don't need it. They just need the per- They need someone that will do – what the play tells them to do. And that's why Spencer Ware got so much run in Kansas City because he just needed somebody that wasn't going to get the quarterback killed. And I'm wondering if that will happen with Green Bay. I don't know. I just think that that's an interesting theory of that can explain why Jordan Howard's going to get a lot of run this year because he doesn't need to be an incredibly electric running back. The offense is going to create space for him. Interesting. So I, I like that theory. I think Aaron Jones is going to be a letdown for people because the expectations are really high. He's fallen a little bit. He's kind of going in the middle of the third round now. And so I think the community is kind of realizing maybe we got a little too excited about that. But Especially since we haven't really seen anything through preseason or through Shaney camps or heard of anything. Like, I think everyone was kind of like, oh, finally, you know, Mike McCarthy's out of here. They're going to be a running. They're going to totally take advantage of everything that Aaron Jones has to offer. And since we haven't necessarily seen or heard that coming from the Packers, I think people are kind of like, oh, maybe not yeah and I'm, I'm picking up one of the williamses in most of my drafts as my last pick has been jamal so far so i total speculative like 15th 16th round pick but just because i think that's not going to happen i'm trying to position myself ahead of everybody on the waiver wire uh with yeah. jamal Williams, who, who's also not fantastic but seems to be better at not getting aaron Rodgers killed which is important which is an important part of any running back. Uh, your fantasy MVP for this year. Fantasy MVP sucks because I've wanted this person <laughs> and I haven't been able to get them. And so I hate to give praise to people who aren't on my team. I've basically given you a list of people on my team. <laughs> and people I've avoided. But I think one of the fantasy MVPs this year for PPR, uh, I think Cooper Cup is going to come back and light it up. I think that where he's going in drafts, it's very reasonable. And I think. Uh, again, a guy who got hurt and was coming off of an ACL injury this year. And I think it's very appropriate to be cautious with that just because most people come back in some amazing time that they should not be able to recover. Doesn't mean that everyone's going to things have sounded very good with Cooper cup. He's out there playing, you know, he's not getting held out of practice and things like that. You know, none of the Rams play in the preseason. So who cares if he hasn't done that, but he's practicing and there haven't been reports about him going half speed or been held out. So the absence of reports to me is positive. PPR monster, the Rams are a different offense with him on the field. Jared Goff loves throwing to him because it's like uh, Cup is the easy answer. And if for some reason the defense decides to take the easy answer away, you have 
freaking Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, who are amazing. But the easy answer is always cut. So I think he's going to blow away his ADP. He's going to end up being one of those like fringe wide receiver ones that you ended up getting like in the fourth or fifth round. So I really yeah, like he's him. on my hype train and I just recently have gotten super into him. And and I think you're totally right about PPR. I also think he's got a lot of standard potential yeah, because absolutely. he's been the number one red zone target for Jared Goff since he's entered the league. Yeah. And I think we overthink the PPR too yeah. often because yeah. it's like, how often does someone get a hundred catches and then isn't a viable Standard. standard right standard. right <laughs> it's only jarvis landry is really the only player who's done that yeah and that, that that's the worst case scenario and think about it he was getting you 70 80 yards a week and like six seven touchdowns like right. is are you really disappointed about your wide receiver too i mean no and finally who's the player that you think not enough people are talking about this year in fantasy this is a homer pick and it's just the last person on my list duke johnson getting the number one role for the Texans. Someone in my uh, draft this weekend jumped up and drafted Duke Johnson at the beginning of the fourth. And I was furious because I was going to, I was going to way overdraft him when my pick came up in the fourth. I I think even if the Texans bring in someone like Jay Ajayi or, you know, everybody's saying Carlos Hyde is going to get cut. And I think it's like everybody's saying it because everybody else is saying it. We don't know. (laughs) Even if they do that, I'm not worried because I, I believe that Duke Johnson is extremely good at football and he played for a historically bad, poorly run franchise in the Browns who've had five games of success and everybody's kind of forgotten about the, the players that languished there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited that the Browns are good, but I think uh, Duke Johnson's inability to crack the number one spot in Cleveland has nothing to do with Duke Johnson. I think he's fantastic. It's a little small, so you hope that he can hold up to a heavy workload. You hope that the Texans bring someone in to play kind of the Mark Ingram role. Like right. you want someone else taking 45% of those snaps. But I love Duke Johnson. I I know he's getting some hype. I don't think he's getting enough hype because it all, it's all happened so quickly. But Yeah. Oh. you And you just by making the Mark Ingram comparison popped into my head that like Duke Johnson could be Alvin Kamara for the Texans. And you can, yeah. and you can get Alvin Kamara B in the sixth round right now is that I think that's where he's like going. It's like, I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's a note, a obvious play. Yeah. I love it. And I, I really hesitate to, to compare people to Alvin Kamara, but, but Duke Johnson is, he's not Giovanni Bernard. He's a little bit better than that. Alvin Kamara. He's a, I think, he looks like he's not even trying yeah. and he's leading people to, to the edge on corners. I just love Alvin Kamara so much. We're getting sidetracked here. So. I think Duke Johnson is, is like a James White. James White plus, I would yeah. say. Right. Uh, yep. Like a little quicker. Uh, James White probably a little savvier or we've seen him be a little savvier and I want to give him credit for that. But yes, right in that neighborhood and uh, maybe in a usage profile where when everyone else was hurt for the Patriots, what right. we got out of James White. James White was, yeah, had 120 yeah. targets. And like, right. yeah. Uh, you'd be happy to know my player who not enough people were talking about, Will Fuller. Oh, yeah. I mean, the it's, it's uh, Will, can he stay healthy Fuller? Right. If he can stay healthy, he's amazing. Absurd. There's. I was reading a stat, and then we'll quickly go because I know all of our listeners have been really sticking around for this one. Uh, but uh, forty-eight with Deshaun Watson through eleven games or something like that. Forty-eight receptions, eleven touchdowns. Absurd. He's just that he just produces stats. It's dumb, and, and like oh, oh, that won't continue. Yeah, you're right. Okay, it won't continue. But if it's half of that, that's still you're like, still absolutely. totally buying that. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, awesome. I'm glad you were able to hop on and give your answers. Thank you, Pete, for making the time. I appreciate it. Uh, sorry I haven't been on the pod, but well, you got that all sorted out. <laughs> but now you're, back. Yeah. now you're back. Don't forget, go. don't forget this weekend, uh, when, you're, when you're doing your draft, being a commissioner is a huge pain in the ass. So if your commissioner is not horrible, say thanks to him. Like I'm going to say thanks to Pete for going the extra mile and letting me come onto the podcast oh, tonight. Of course, of course, Clark, I'd do anything for you. Uh, yeah, sentiment, same that, same sentiment that Clark just shared. And again, everyone, enjoy your drafts this weekend.